happy Memorial Day. We're so glad that you joined us this weekend to be to worship the Lord and to seek His face. Hey, let's ask the Lord to bless us as we go into a time of worship today. Father, today we just thank you for the life that you give us. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. God, I pray today, help us, Lord, to be tuned into you. God, let the Spirit of the Lord speak to our heart and our mind this morning. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, let's worship the Lord together this morning. Come, let us worship our King. Let's sing it out. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great has done see how his love overcomes he has done great things he has done great things oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh God you have done great things freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things sing it you've been faithful through every storm yes you have you'll be faithful forevermore you will do it again for your promises yes and amen you will do great things god you do great things oh hero of heaven you conquer the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things sing hallelujah god above it all hallelujah god above it all hallelujah god unshakable done great things. Sing that with all your heart today. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Above it all. Hallelujah, God. Unshakable. Hallelujah. You have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. You have done great things. Oh God, you do great things. 
Oh, you're the God of the impossible, Lord. God, we believe you're a miracle worker. And we believe that you keep your promises. As we look in your word, Lord, we know that your promises come true. We see the prophecies from the Old Testament fulfilled in the New Testament. And it gives us confidence in our God. Knowing that when you say something, we can trust you. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow. For you're a good God. Sing this song today. When the weight of life begins to fall, on the name of Jesus I will call. For I know my God is in control, and His purpose is unshakable. It doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be your promises to me. As I walk into the days to come, I will not forget what you have done. Thank you, Lord. For I know you find my every need. And your presence is enough for me. Set me free, my hope will always be in your promises to me. You will always be more than enough. Sing it out to him today. You will always be more than enough for me. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's going to stop the plans you've made. Nothing's going to take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. You will sing. You will always be more than enough for me. Lift your voice. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's going to stop the plans you've made. Nothing's going to take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear. For your love has set me free. My hope will always be 
fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be your promises to me. Your promises to me, oh, we believe it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. God, thank you that when we're in trouble, you come and swoop us off our feet. God, we thank you that when we can't see what's coming on the other side of the mountain, on the other side of the hill, that you do. And we trust you even though some of us are going through some of the most difficult storms and trials of our whole entire life. Some of us are in the middle of the valley. And Lord, we need you in this moment. So Lord, would you send your Holy Spirit to rush into every single home today. As we're worshiping together, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move right now. Holy Spirit, move in every home. Move in every home. If people are listening in the car, move in their cars. Wherever they're listening, move, Holy Spirit. Do your work. We submit and we surrender to the will of God. Not our own will, not what we want to be done, but we submit to God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Oh. Oh. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, move. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Sing it with me. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. May look it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
This is how I fight my battles. This is how it may look. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes, it is. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. And this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around let us pray holy ground we are standing we are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all We are standing in His presence. One last time. We are standing in His presence on holy ground. We are standing in the presence of the Messiah. He is here. We are in His presence. Jesus, I thank You. I thank You that You would be gracious enough to save a sinner such as me. Thank You that You would be gracious enough to let me come into Your presence. Such a holy God accepting such a person that is so messed up. All of us come into your presence today as imperfect people. And you accept us graciously.
We don't take that lightly that we can even stand in your presence. Kings reigns on his throne and we put our trust in him today. 
God, as we continue in this attitude of worship, I pray we won't forget what you've done here in this moment today. Standing in the presence of the King. Standing in the presence of the King. We thank you, Lord. Be with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What an amazing time worshiping the Lord. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Aren't you glad of that this morning? Amen. So glad that you've joined us today. We want to pause and just say thank you to all of our armed forces, all of our men and women who are serving our country, giving their life, putting their life on the line uh, for us and our freedoms. We're so grateful for you today. Uh, We are so honored to be able to live in the country that we live in. And because of you, those freedoms are protected. And we thank you for that this morning. Uh, We give God praise for what you do. And so we're grateful for that. To that end, we want to talk about uh, what's going on next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're actually having our services together. We have three services that we're going to be uh, involved with. We're so excited to be able to see some folks. The first service will happen at 8 o'clock. That's for our 60 and over group. If you're in that age group or you're a high risk uh, for any kind of virus, we invite you to come out to that 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock services. It's going to be a great time as we worship the Lord next week, 8 to 9. Uh, As soon as 9 o'clock that service is over at 9.30 is our next service. Um, That goes from 9.30 to 10. And then our final service will be at 11, from 11 to 12. Each service we're going to be cleaning and and just doing necessary things uh, across the board. We're also practicing social distancing and going to do our best to try to keep this as a safe environment because we love you and we care about you. And we want this to be a place where you feel safe and, and you feel like you can come and worship with us. We're so glad that you're uh, choosing to do that. Also, maybe you're here and you say, man, I, I just, I'm not quite ready to do that yet. That's fine. We're going to be having online services as well, uh, continuing those as we go. It'll continue to be on the radio. And we just want you to know uh, whether you come or whether you don't, we love you. We are so glad that you're a part of our church body. Uh, we want to connect with you. We're, we're busy doing that throughout the week, trying to, many of you have received phone calls and, and different things from us. If we've had your information, you've received a phone call. Uh, and so uh, over the last several months, and so we're glad to be able to do that and to check up on you. Uh, but we are so excited about meeting together. That happens May 31st, beginning first service again for those 60 plus and older high risk. That begins at, at uh, eight o'clock. The next service is at 930. The next one is is at 11. We will do that. We'll put everybody in here as best we can, uh, keeping social distancing. If by chance we fill up the sanctuary, um, then we will have a place downstairs where we can watch closed circuit TV. And you can do that together. Uh, but we're so grateful to be able to do that. Uh, Pastor Dustin's going to come. He's got some announcements for you for the week. Things have changed just a little bit because of the holiday. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our service today. Well, hello again, everybody. This week, we have an awesome slate of activities planned for you. Obviously, next Sunday, we meet again in person. Thank you, Pastor Joe, for giving us the details of that. We could not be more excited to meet together with the family of God in person again. So strap your seatbelts, get ready for an amazing Sunday 
next Sunday as we all come together for the first time after the quarantine has lifted. We're so very excited about what God is doing this upcoming week here in our church. On Tuesday, Pastor Joe is bringing a devotional at 6.30 p.m. Note the day difference. Obviously, tomorrow is Memorial Day, so you'll have the day off and everything. So Tuesday, we will be doing that devotional with Pastor Joe. On Wednesday, we have online youth group at 6.30 p.m. On Thursday, Coffee with Crystal at 9 a.m., where she'll have a special guest joining her again this week. Last week was Rhoda Cummins. You can go up, You can go back on the church Facebook page and view Coffee with Crystal and just see the great time they had, just talking about conversations, things going on in their life, and things going on. It's just a really cool thing you don't want to miss. This upcoming Friday is Online Kids Church at 6.30 p.m., and then we have live worship on Saturday evening at 7.30 p.m., with myself and my wife Hannah. We're so very excited about everything God is doing this week and in the lives of us and the, God's people in this church. We've been able to connect with so many people and God is doing awesome things in your lives and we thank you so much for connecting with us as well. We also want to thank you for your tithes and offerings and your faithfulness in giving. If you're going to do that this week, you can mail your checks or your cash or whatever it is to 102 South 7th Street, Byersville, Ohio, 43723. Once again, 102 South 7th Street, Byersville, Ohio, 43723. Or you can drop it off in the church mailbox or ring the doorbell during our office hours and we can take care of that there too. Again, thank you so much for your faithfulness and tithes and offerings. God is so, so very good. I'm going to pray this morning before Pastor Joe brings the word. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the freedom that we find in the words of your holy Bible. God, I pray that as we read today and as Pastor Joe brings the word to us, that we will understand it with clarity and that the Holy Spirit will resonate it in our hearts in a way that changes us. God, I pray that we don't walk out of church today the same person we walked in. God, I pray that we would walk out changed, renewed, and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that happens right here today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Here's Pastor Joe. Well, good morning on this Memorial Day weekend. It's so glad to have you join us this morning. Memorial Day is a time of year when we pause and remember those who have laid down their life um, for their family, for their friends, and for our freedom. We want to thank all the brave servicemen and women who have fought so diligently to preserve those freedoms in our country. And today we remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. It was one week after Pearl Harbor that President Roosevelt said these words. He says, those who long enjoy such privileges that we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. The reality is freedom is never free. It always costs something. I want to ask if you would just join me for just a moment as we just have just a silent prayer and gratitude for those who have laid down their life in service for our country. Can we do that for just a moment? Thank you so much. I want to, uh, today it is my desire to give you some things to think about. The Holy Spirit has been putting this on my heart for the last couple of weeks and I follow through and pray, prayed it through, and, and I've got some facts I want to give you, got some things that I want to just present in front of you, and my, 
my hope and desire is that in this, it will drive you to a place of thought as well as a place of prayer and examination. So today I want us to look at, at the context of our nation. It is Memorial Day, and we are grateful again for the nation that we live in. But I want us to look at that context because I think one of the biggest battles that we as Americans are facing today is the battle for the very soul of our nation. We see it all around us every day, the erosion of our society. It's been such a slow process But here, it seems in the last few years, it's accelerated very rapidly. It doesn't matter who, what political party is is sitting in the Oval Office. This nation has, uh, that we've come to know and love, has began this process of eroding. And and I say that because you just look at some of the things around us. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. You know, it's been said this that the position that we're in today is because of what we tolerated yesterday. And the position that we will be in tomorrow is because of what we tolerate today. You know, my prayer, uh, again, in this message, that it will spark something inside of us to pray, to change in ourselves, and to seek God for our nation. You know, if you look at history, history has a tendency to repeat itself down through the centuries. I looked through some of these things over the last few weeks, and I first started with the Israelites. You look at the Israelites throughout Scripture and the text, and God promised to make them a great nation. And in the process of doing that, He brought them out of Egypt and was going to bring them into the promised land, ended up doing that, and, and made them a great nation. But what happened in Israelite history was a repeated pattern that they would serve the Lord and then they would go down into sin. They would serve the Lord and go down into sin. And whenever they went down into the sin part of that equation, God sent someone and then they were usually in bondage or slavery, oppressed by someone, and then God would bring them up. The thing that I've noticed about Israelite history that was different from any other nation is the fact that this seems to be the only nation that seemingly bounces back. I believe that's because God had made a covenant with them and he had done that in in such a way that he promised that they would always have a remnant. They would always have this nation of Israel. You know, the thought process came to me again too as I began to look at other empires and great nations that weren't quite so fortunate began to study books like a book by the name of author by the name of Edward Gibbon wrote a book the history and decline of the fall and fall of the Roman empire he talked about some things that were characteristics of that Roman empire that led to its demise i, I want to share some of those things with you today again i'm just trying to bring some facts around this equation he talked about the breakdown of the family he he talked about increased taxation He talked about this insatiable craving for pleasure. He talked about this unsustainable buildup of armaments. In other words, just the military was built up so high, it spread itself way too thin. He talked about the decay of religion. You know, other sources that I researched claim that the enemies would infiltrate the Roman Empire and destroy them from the inside out. They knew their weaknesses. Government corruption was at an all-time high between the Senate and the Emperor. They didn't value human life. They didn't value human life. You know, it was such a bad thing that even sexual immorality it talked about was so prevalent there was even happened 
broad daylight in the streets. And then I look at today, I look at those, the context of those reasons for their collapse as given by historians, and, and I, I notice some distinct parallels that all of them are evident in our, in our country. The idea of pleasure and family. In fact, in 1912, 80% of brides entered marriage as virgins in 1912. Today, that number is 3%. Two-thirds of the people in America don't even consider that to be even wrong or anything wrong with that. You know, I could go on. I could go to the the thought process of the breakdown of the family and how 19.7 million children uh, grow up without a father in their home. You know, our country is in need of a move of God. And we have to understand the days and the times in which we are living. Daniel understood that. If we go to the book of Daniel, we're going to go there today. It's in Daniel chapter 5. He saw what a lot of us are seeing today. But he, his situation was very much worse than what we experience right now. This fifth chapter of Daniel describes a collapse of a culture. They became so comfortable and secure within the confines of their strong walls, but they crumbled from within. You know, as I've researched this and and discussed this and seen this, Babylon, as the Scripture text talked about, four different ways, four huge mistakes that they made. I'm going to talk about those this morning. And on this Memorial Day, my prayer is that this will cause us to think from a God perspective. That the Holy Spirit would sound an alarm in us. And that we would grasp the days in which we live. Daniel chapter 5 verse 1 says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar commanded that they bring in the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which was in Jerusalem so that the king and his officials, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem and the king and his officials, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of bronze, of iron, of wood and of stone. Verse 5, immediately fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the back of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees struck against one another. In other words, he got scared. His knees started shaking. They started knocking knees together. He got afraid of what he saw. I want us to talk about these four mistakes here. And and the first one is this. And we're going to actually stay in Daniel chapter 5 for quite this whole message today. The first one is this. They had a danger of losing all sense of remembrance. The danger of losing all sense of remembrance. Belshazzar's problem was the same as many of us have today. They had forgotten some of the valuable lessons of the past. Lessons like his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had learned the hard way. 
Lessons like, as was said in Daniel chapter 4, verse 37, it says, those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. It was Solomon in the Proverbs who said this, pride comes before a fall. Daniel gives some important insight. The the king couldn't find anybody in all the land of his uh, soothsayers and of, of the people that were interpreters of dreams. He couldn't find anybody to interpret what was written on the wall. And so he calls up Daniel and he offers Daniel a position of power. He offers him money and 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 fortune and gives him the opportunity to come and, and share that with the king. What does this mean? And Daniel says in verse 18, he says, O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom of majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he slaughtered, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. But when his heart lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. He was, and he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the animals and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. Even He was given grass to eat like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and he appoints over it whom he wills. Daniel gives this important insight when he challenges Belshazzar with the accusation of this. He says, basically, you've lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. He says, this is what you're doing, and he's boasting about himself, and he says, you're picking up right where your Nebuchadnezzar left off. Pride leads to a fall. It's right up there at the top of the list of the things that God despises. If you want to make... a If you don't want to take my word for it, there's some people in the Scripture that you can look at. You can look at the devil himself who says, I will be like God and fell from uh, from heaven. Uh, Adam and Eve, who they took of the fruit and said, man, did God really say? The devil tempted them that way. There are others who, if you ask them the truth of Daniel 4.37 where he says, those who walk in pride, he is able to put down his truth. America used to honor God. We used to honor Him unashamedly and openly. It is etched on numerous monuments in our nation's capital. It's carved in granite on government buildings that we hold dear. It's printed even on our currency. There was a time when we credited God with our blessings and our successes, and we turned to Him in our trials and our losses. But like Babylon, we seem to have lost a sense of remembrance. President Woodrow Wilson said this, he said, a nation that does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today or what it's trying to do. We are a futile thing when we do not know where we came from or know what we've been about. You know, in many ways, I believe that we have forgotten our past. What was it that made America so great? It would cause men and women of all nations to come and risk their lives to come here Is there something about America that distinguishes us from our neighbors to the north and south? 
Canada was founded by French explorers who were looking for gold. Mexico by Spanish explorers that were looking for gold. But the people who settled here for the most part were primarily coming for a place where they could seek after God and they could live their life in such a way that they would give God praise and worship Him and exalt Him and have freedom to do so. We've come a long way from where we once were. Unfortunately, there is some very distinct similarities between Babylon and America, between Rome and America. And just like Babylon, there's a very steep price to pay when we lose all sense of remembrance of our heritage and where we come from. Second thing is this. It's in Daniel, the the danger of losing all sense of reality. There's a danger in losing all sense of reality. In order to understand how the king had done this, we need to remember that outside the city walls of Babylon, the Medes and the Persians were gathering for war. They had surrounded the city, but inside the city, Belshazzar is throwing a party. See, the Babylonians thought because of their history of dominance and their strong walls that they were invincible, they were indestructible. And those walls, they stretched around that city of Babylon. They stretched for 60 miles in circumference. But, and everywhere you looked, there were thick walls, but everywhere you went around that 60 walls, you were surrounded by their enemy. But man, no problem, they thought. I mean, after all, these walls are high, they're thick, and... Uh, They're impossible to penetrate. We've got 20 years of supply and rations inside. We're all good. So what did Belshazzar do? He lost all sense of reality. And he threw himself a big party with a bunch of guests when destruction was right at his door. We began to feel secure in our own strength, dangers just on the other side of the wall. Many people today think that just because you got away with something before that you'll get away with it again. The king was too blind. He was drunk um, on his own success to realize that the strength of his kingdom um, was never outside but on the inside. Babylonian fell because they had become so corrupt on the inside and it caused them to lose sense of the reality that they were in. Some people today foolishly think that somehow God needs America to carry out His plan on earth. After all, man, we've won world wars. We've contributed such uh, to our society. We're really the only superpower, quote-unquote, that is left standing. But I believe God saying to us this, Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Like those in ancient Babylon, we too, we, sometimes I think we think we're invincible. But remember, there was a time when Israel was the only superpower. They were one nation under God. But God brought them to captivity. I think it's important for us to understand more than ever And remember where we've come from, but also look at the reality of where we are and what's going on around us. It's time for us, church, to start not just praying 2 Chronicles 7.14, but living 2 Chronicles 7.14. Because the prayer is just part of it. 
He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humility. If they'll seek my face. It's more than just a prayer time. It's devotion. It's seeking after God. And then the final thing is turn from their wicked ways. It's more than just a prayer. It's action. So church, I challenge us. Don't lose sense of reality of where we are. Don't Don't forget where we've come from. Third thing is this. There's a danger of losing all sense of restraint. A danger of losing all sense of restraint. When a nation or individual loses the sense of remembrance and reality, they typically will lose this sense of restraint as well. Many of the Babylonians were too blind to see any connection with moral decay and national decline. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. This verse describes in the Old Testament what uh, it calls concubines. They were actually women who were kept for the king's pleasure. Um, Sexual promiscuous perversions of all type. I don't have enough time to talk about all of that today. Um, I I don't want to dive into that. I've already shared some stats about that with you. but began to erode the, the home and the family unit. That's what happened in Rome's fall, is the fact that it began to erode the things that were going on inside the family unit. No more dads are no longer prevalent. Uh, people are having uh, sex and kids way outside of marriage. The, things are happening uh, in, in the streets. It was so crazy um, how sexual immorality had, had flooded even the street. And today, I just, I find it hard for us to say, God, bless us and move in us as a country until we come to the place where we say, God, forgive us of our wicked ways. I'm looking at the thing as one of the reasons for Rome's falls because they devalued life. And, and to be honest, I look at our country and, and I'm going to make a statement here that is probably maybe a little bit maybe, shall I say, uh, on the line. I don't want to cross it, but I'm going to try to get on it. And that's this, is that we have handled, handed the devil our kids. We're neglecting uh, leading our home spiritually. How do you know that? Because 35% of, of Christians don't even have devotions on their own, much less encourage their kids to have devotions. We've handed him our, our schools. We've, we've said we don't want God in our schools. Over the last 50 years, we have done those kind of things. We've handed him our babies and we've allowed them to be slaughtered. We've cast off restraint. We're living life only to please ourselves and our own ambitions. God help us. I said today I was going to give you some things to think about. I love this country. I do. American to the core, and I love this place. I'm so glad God put me here. But church, we've got to wake up a little bit, a lot. We've got to wake up. We've got to see things around us. The fourth one is this, and finally, is the danger of losing all sense of respect. There's a crumbling culture here in Babylon. 
Nothing was sacred to them anymore. They had abandoned any kind of absolutes. There's no more restraints. And now there's no respect for anything that's sacred. Basically what it was in Babylon is it's party time right now. And then this amazing thing happens. In the hand, uh, the man's finger with a man's hand wrote on, uh, on the plaster of the wall. And the king got all sobered up because now he's scared, he's terrified, and his knees are knocking together. And into the party hall, eventually in verse 13 comes Daniel. He wasn't at the party. The king didn't want the men of God around when liquor was flowing and the women were present. But now when the crisis comes, he didn't mind so much. He wants somebody to tell him what it means. Daniel looked around at all the things that were going around that had come to a stop. And there's a silence that's filling the room. People are frozen in time. Daniel was the only one in the room that was calm because everybody else was scared. So what does he do? He stands before him, and if you listen to him, and and as I read in Daniel chapter 5, verse 18, uh, the first thing he does is he reminded Belshazzar that Nebuchadnezzar's power came from God. The second thing he does is there's a word about pride. He reminds the king that Nebuchadnezzar lost his kingdom because of his pride. Then he talks about a word of punishment. Nebuchadnezzar was punished when he came to the realization that uh, the Most High rules in the the hearts and the kingdom of men. And he gives it to whoever he chooses. Then he started application. You've not humbled yourself. Even though you knew this, Belshazzar, you didn't humble yourself. You knew all about the power, the pride, and the punishment of your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. But sadly, you lost all sense of remembrance all sense of reality and restraint, and you lost respect. When we forget these elements, we become blind. That our problems, like Babylon, are not necessarily political, economic, or social. The decline of any nation stems from spiritual factors. Everything else are just symptoms. Let's go back to the banquet. The hall silent. Daniel now reveals the handwriting on the wall. It's in verse 25. It's, uh, the inscription was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. And really what that means in language is this, numbered ways and separated. In other words, he's saying this, your days are numbered. Judgment is coming, and you're going to be separated from God. The ballroom scene is is one of fright and terror. Everyone else is standing around, but Daniel's there. He's peace. He's got peace in his heart. The fifth chapter of Daniel concludes by saying this: that same night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom. About the sixty-two, being about sixty-two years old. That very night. While Babylon partied with no sense of restraint or remembrance, the armies of the Medes and the Persians diverted the Euphrates River. They built a dam, and they came in under the city walls and took the city. The wall didn't matter how high it was or how thick it was. It wasn't enough to prevent what God had said was going to happen to happen. 
Few nations have had a history like ours in America. For over 200 years, we were the shining light to the world around us. We've been a launch pad to take the gospel literally all over the globe. We've often heard this, that God is our only hope. And that's true. But I wonder today, as we sit around today and and we celebrate Memorial Day and we look at all the things around us, I wonder today, are we willing? Today's a day when Memorial Day is set up. It's about remember those who died. Are we willing to not only remember, but to do, step out and do what God's called us to do as a church. There might be days of persecution coming. We don't know that. But one thing I do know is that God is in charge. And on this Memorial Day, I want us to understand that we're not exempt. Babylon, Rome, Israel, we're not exempt. We remember those, and we're so grateful for those that gave us the freedoms that we enjoy today. But may we be reminded of the words of Daniel in Daniel 4.32, where he said, The Most High still rules over the affairs of men. May we humble ourselves before the Lord. And as God, as we pray that God would bless America, may we also pray that God would turn our hearts back to Him. Father, today I thank You, Lord. I thank you for the heritage that we have, this country that we live in. I ask God that you would speak to our hearts today. That was the whole thought of this message today, was just to have, Lord, you speak to our hearts, that we would have our eyes open to see things from a different perspective. It would that it wouldn't just be political and it wouldn't just be about uh, viruses and it wouldn't just be about things that are going on around us, but it would cause us to not look to the outside, but look to the inside. Just like Babylon, the, the problem, yeah, the enemy was all around on the outside, but inside is where the true problem lied. In the pride and in the hearts of, of the king and of the people. And God, today I I pray that we would do an examination of our inside. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Today, as you're reflecting and still praying today, I've tried to show you some parallels between where we are and where history tells us that nations in the past have been. I pray today that there's a revival in our country like never before. But before that can happen, in the masses, it has to happen to us individually. What in your mindset, in your habits, in your life might need to change that you would serve God completely? What might need to be different in you in that Second Chronicles 7.14 passage? Turning from your wicked ways. What, what are some things that God's speaking to you about? For some, it might be that, man, I need to remember what God's brought me out of and not go back to those kind of things. For others, it might be uh, that you need a reality check about where you are exactly and that you need to have your eyes opened today. I need to pray that God would show you what's going on in you. 
For some, it's that you need God to, you want to pray, God, use me to show Him to those around you. For some, it might need an invitation to allow Jesus into your life for the first time and completely surrender yourself in a relationship to Him. Whatever category you fall in today, I want you to know this. I want you to know Jesus loves you. He gave everything so that you could have relationship with Him. I want to ask that you would pray with me today as, and I'm asking God to speak to your heart, to renew your commitment, to seek His face, to forgive us of our sin and to heal our land. Can we do that today? Father, today I just pray for those that are listening to this message. God, I ask God in the name of Jesus that you would reveal things in us that we need that are keeping us from being close to you. God, as we looked at some of these things, and as we looked at Babylon in, in Daniel chapter 5, we saw that the problem wasn't just on the outside. The enemy was on the outside, but the real problem was on the inside. So God, today I pray, help us to do an examination of our heart and of our life today that we would be able to say, Jesus, if there's sin there, if we need to have a relationship with you, that sometime, Lord, today, that right now we'd be able to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I surrender my heart to you. If there's things that have kept us from doing the things that you've called us to do, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, help us, God, to turn from our wicked ways. God, help us, Lord, to seek your face, to humble ourselves and pray. It's then that you heal our land. It's then that you forgive our sins. So Lord, I pray, help us, God, to not worry about the external factors, but God, to, to let our attention be on you completely. To turn our heart towards you today. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us today. We're so blessed to have you. We pray you have a wonderful and safe holiday season. God bless America. And we're so grateful to live in this country that we live in. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.